welcome to the Quality Christian Living Podcast. I am your host, David Friend. In this podcast, you will learn how to own the business you have always wanted. This podcast will help you achieve your dream and make it become reality in your life. The title of today's podcast is Steps to Purchase a Business Without Money. Now, some people might say, well, that's not possible. Well, yes, it is possible. Matter of fact, it happens frequently all over business communities today. And I believe that that dream can become yours. So if you've desired to own your own business, maybe you don't have any money. You really won't need it. Your desire is to maybe take over the company that you're working for someday be the owner of that company. Then listen to this podcast today because I believe we have something special for you. But before we get into it, let's pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to move in the way that he knows how. Heavenly Father, thank you again for your word. I thank you for the promises in your word. And I thank you, Lord, that you provided us a plan and you've got a purpose in our life. For many, businesses may be their purpose and their purpose might finance a church. It might finance ministries. It may provide for a wonderful lifestyle for them and their family. Whatever it might be, Father, I know that you're wanting to step in and guide and direct each and every one of us, Father, in any business activities that we take. Now, Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. I totally surrender to you. I submit everything to you today. Ask for your divine touch. And I pray for those who are seeking business to either expand the one that they have or purchase one, that you would bless them. And I thank you in advance for what's about to take place this day. And I give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This episode will provide examples of how to purchase a business in many different ways. There are, obviously, many ways that this can be accomplished. We'll focus on a couple of them today. I want to focus on buying the business you work for and how to purchase a business that you want without having any money or any cash. Before we get into the steps to do this, however, we must build a proper scriptural foundation in whatever we do. We may make poor decisions if we do not consider what the Word of God tells us. So let's start with Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 22. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation once again in Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 22. Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Now, some people say, no, I'm a loner. I want to do it myself. Well, that's just not biblically the way things should take place. I know it happens that way sometimes, but it's very important that we follow the Word of God because God's Word tells us that many advisors bring success. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be partners with everyone, but you get a little bit of information from this person and a little bit of information from that person and someone else and someone else. All of those people can be advisors. That doesn't mean they're going to be a partner with us in the business. They just simply add to our research and the time that we're spending determining what type of business we want to get involved with and if we're really interested in purchasing maybe the one that we're working for. When the Word of God tells us that plans go wrong for lack of advice, I think that's saying a lot. That's telling us that we need to cover all of our bases. And I'm going to talk a little bit later on this podcast about something called due diligence. So I want you to be ready for that because it's a very vital, important part of planning a business or purchasing a business or operating any type of business. Here's another passage to scripture found in the New Living Translation that'll help us in our business endeavors. It's found in Proverbs chapter 27 and verse number 9. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. What that's saying is if we want to be successful in trying to acquire a business, getting involved in a business, we should go to a friend and and speak with them and see how they feel because they probably know us. Maybe they, they may know us better than we know ourselves. So it's important to seek counsel from a friend and let that peace 
peace than go into your heart and mind. And then in Proverbs chapter 27 and verse number 17, and I believe this relates to us very often when it comes to business, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. See, when we speak to our friends, they'll speak into our heart and into our life. They'll even say things to us, maybe even things that might be a little difficult for us to handle sometimes, but because they're our friend, we'll receive it from them. So I think advice from a friend is so important. I know that my pastor of my church became my dearest friend that I had, and we would talk a lot about various things and different activities in the church, and I would talk to him about what I thought about church things, not not the spiritual sides, but maybe expansion or financing and those types of things. And then he would talk to me about the business that I was in as to the type of people that I should associate with and, and get his thoughts and his opinions. So we sharpened each other. We helped each other. So that's crucial to choosing a business. And then when you get one, it's probably even more important that you listen to those scriptures. Verse number nine said, the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. And verse 17 said, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So let's sharpen each other as we endeavor our plan to purchase a business. You know, in planning a business to either purchase one, take over one, or expand the one that we currently have, here's another scripture that's very helpful to us. It's found in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Now, that's really important. Those two those two verses go together. I mean, they literally do. They're so important. One helps the other. We make our plans. God wants us to make our plans. It's fine for us to make plans. It's wonderful for us to make plans, but the Lord, it says, determines our steps. So he tells us which way to go, whether we should have a partner, whether the people that we're associating with are the kind of people that we should do business with, whether the business we're in is really the business that's right for us. Those are things that the Lord will show you through his word. And as we go through all of these teachings on business and buying a business or operating a business or expanding a business, it's so important we understand that God's word has instructions and directions for every area of it. So let's go into a different area now of scripture here that'll help us understand how to operate a business properly and has to do with the way we handle our finances and our successes. Let me read a scripture to you that I think is so important when it comes to thinking about purchasing a business or expanding the one that you're in. It's found in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 8. And it says this, it's a New Living Translation, better to have little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. Now, that scripture tells me a lot. It tells me that number one, it's always not the best thing for us to have great success and great financial success because we may not be prepared for it. In the past, I've taught about financial success. I've talked about prosperity on other podcasts. I talk about something called spiritual prosperity is more important than financial prosperity. And the reason I say that is because if we want to gain in our finances, we need to be spiritually prepared to know how to handle the gain that we're going to accomplish. So it's important that we grow spiritually before we grow financially. It's important we grow spiritually before we jump into a business or participate in a business or even pursue a business to become the owner of it. So if our priority now. This scripture tells me something very important. I want to read it again. Better to have little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. What it's telling me is if our primary goal in purchasing or having a business is just to get rich, we should reevaluate our purpose. You see, our primary purpose in life should be to love God, to serve Him, and to be living in His will and according to His will. Money is okay. It's fine. It can be wonderful. But it should never be the only goal in our life. If you're starting a business or you're trying to buy a business because you think, man, I'm going to get rich. I want to have so much money. I won't know what to do with it. If that's your focus, then I suggest that you step back from it and reevaluate because your number primary, number one primary goal 
goal in life must always be to put God first in all that we do and be content with what you have. doesn't mean if you're poor, you have to be content with being poor. It just simply means that where you are in life, be content with that and trust God that he'll take you on to the the level or the area or the financial blessings or the business that he wants you to have. So with that, let's, let's look a little closer at this financial thing. The Bible says that the love of money will bring all kinds of problems. So let's look at a scripture that talks about that. It's found in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. Very wonderful teaching here about how people deal with, with money, with their finances. So once again, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, the New Living Translation. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money, that means that's all they talk about, that's all they want, have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Now I know a lot of people at church. I know a lot of people when I was a banker. A lot of people were very successful. Some were not as quite as successful, but I could identify very quickly. It was so easy to identify those people who were in something just to make the money because it was money, 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 everything about money. And they literally loved it. And it became their God in their life. That is something we've got to run from to avoid because it's so important. We listen to what was written here. When when Paul is giving instructions and directions for Timothy, he wants to remind him that the love of money is the root of evil, not, not having money, but the love of it. It says, and some people craving have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves. You see, I believe that I needed to spend some time on money and the love of it when we talk about having a business because so many people come to me and they'll say, I want to get a business because I'm going to make a lot of money. I just want to make so much money. I, I hate to see that be their primary reason for doing it. I've spent a little more time on talking about finances because it's so important. that We've got to be careful to understand that money is a blessing, but it must not be our primary goal in life. Let me give you some thoughts about money. Some additional comments. First, if our goal in having a business is only about making money, what happens if we don't make a lot of money? and we don't make it quickly. We may give up on our business. We may give up something that has a future and a plan for us, but we give up on it because our primary goal was just to make a lot of money. Second, if money is our only goal, we will not receive God's blessings on our business because God's got to be our primary goal. Third, every business must have a purpose to offer something to others. The business purpose might be to offer a service or a product that will help them or bless them. If the only desire for a business is for us to be rich, then the business will never be blessed to the Lord. I believe that. You see, our business must never be self-centered or selfish and having activities that just work for us and we don't care if anybody else is blessed. For example, if you buy a house and fix it up and sell it to someone else, you should be selling them a good product, a well-built product, a home that's been repaired and done nicely and prepared for them, not just so you can make a big profit, but they'll be buying something of value. In order to have a good business functioning properly that'll be blessed to the Lord, we must understand that both sides of a transaction must be blessed by it. If I have a business to sell someone a home that I've built that should be a good home, priced well, I make them a good profit, that's fine. They pay a fair price and get a good product. That's the type of thing that God wants us to have in the area of having a business. And it doesn't matter if you have a service, if you're repairing someone's cars, whatever it might be, we've got to have a blessing to that person and then they pay a fair price for it and then both sides of the transaction are blessed. That's the type of business that I believe God will bless. Now it's time 
to get into the steps to purchase a business with little or no money, in most cases with no money. And let's address the steps to buy the business that we may be working for. Here, step number one. Be sure this is the type of business you want to put 100% of your work effort into. And you would do this for the rest of your life. Now, that doesn't mean that you will have owned that business for the rest of your life, but you have good intentions to do that long term. When I first started working for the bank, I thought I would probably work there for a long time, my entire career. But after about 15 years, something else came up and I started a home building company. After we ran the home building company for about 15 or 16 years, all of a sudden, I thought I was going to do that the rest of my life. And all of a sudden, something else came up and it was called being called into the ministry. The point I'm trying to make is that while you're doing something in business, that should be your focus. You should say to yourself, I'm going to put my best into this, right? Remember, God's first, your family's second, and your business is after that. But when you're in business, do your best and plan to be there long term. So when you go to buy a business or work to purchase a business that you're working for, you better be excited about it enough that you're going to be there long term. That's the point I make. Now, this long term thing does not apply to a business that you are buying to sell quickly. You just want to purchase and then what we call flip the business. That means sell to someone else. Buying a business to resell is a totally different plan. It's something that you do. You know you're going to get into this thing quick and move out of it, but you still have the same premise of offering something, having a service or a product that you're going to sell and you sell a business at a fair price so that the people who are buying it will be buying something that's proper, that's properly structured, properly built, properly put together. And whatever you sell them is a business that is worth them investing their finances and their time and their effort in. Now, one final thought, one comment I should say before I end this little comment about flipping a business or buying one quickly to sell, to sell to someone else. Be sure if you get into that business that you like it because you may not be able to flip or sell that business quickly and you may own it for a long time before you can sell it. So be sure that if you get into anything that it's something that you like, that you enjoy and you realize you may be involved with for a long time. All right, let's move into step two now of acquiring a business. While you're working for someone else, okay, this applies to people that you're working for somebody else, you'd really like the business, you'd like to maybe be the owner of that business someday. While you're working for that person, you would like to, you know, think about purchasing their business, learn how the owner runs their business. And what that means is this, are they a hands-on business owner? That means that they're involved with everything. They're involved with every activity in the business. They want to be a part of every part of the business. And the business is depending upon that person to be a hands-on person. If you're not a hands-on person and you buy a business that's run by a guy that's in the middle of everything, you may have a very difficult transitional time. For example, when I was building homes, I was not a plumber. I was not an electrician. I wasn't a roofer. I hired people to do that. And when we built those homes and they were finished, sometimes things would break down. Sometimes there'd be problems with a plumbing issue or electrical or whatever it might be. I would go back to the people that did it and have them repair it. I was not a hands-on person when it came to building the home, but I was a hands-on person when it came to providing quality, a product that I'd be proud to sell and be happy that people would buy it and they'd be happy and proud to own it. And I was hands-on, but in the, more in the administration area of the business. So be careful if you're looking at buying a, a business that you understand how the business was run by that particular owner. 
owner. Now, as you work for the business, while you're working there, find out how it is financed. This is really important. You know, you can work for a business and think everything's just fine. There's no problems. Everything's going really, really well. And you don't, you're not aware of the fact that this owner of the business is financing his business through banks or through investment companies or friends or family. And that's where the money's coming from to carry on the business when he needs cash to purchase product that he's going to resell. He's got to get those funds from another source. So it's important you understand the financial aspects of it. You see, if they're being financed by a bank, chances are that that relationship will still stay pretty much the same. But if they're financing that business through family or friends, that situation could change radically. Let's say you're working for the company. You think everything is fine. The business is going well. You decide to buy it and you don't really understand where his financing is coming from, but you go ahead and move forward to purchase that business by taking it over one way or another. And then you find out that the family no longer wants to finance the business because that man is no longer running it. And now you are, and you're in big trouble at that point. So be sure you understand how the business is run, whether it's hands-on, how the financing is taking place, how they're carrying the the financial structure of the business and see if the other employees in the business, here's another point, are happy and loyal to that company. Wouldn't it be a terrible thing to buy a company and there's 10 employees and everything's working great and then all of a sudden you're the owner and you find out that half the people are not happy there. They're not loyal to the company. They, they bail out on you. Next thing you know, your staff is gone and you're trying to run a company without any experienced employees. So this is a process. This may sound kind of technical. It really isn't. While you're working there, you can learn these things. You can understand about the business. You can understand the financial issues. You can see if the employees are happy and content with what they're doing and they'd like to stay working there someday. So these are the things you do kind of behind the scenes on your own to see is this something you'd really want to be a part of. Okay, step three now. While you work at the business, get to know the customers of the business. Now find out why they do business with that company. And are they going to be loyal to the business? Are they just going to be loyal to the guy that used to own the business and go with him to do something else? Try to make sure that the customers will be your customers. And if the owner sells that business, that he's going to do whatever he can to help you maintain the customers that you currently have. So you don't wind up buying a business, the owner leaves, does something else, and you find out that your customers are leaving you. You know, you can see what can happen. You you could buy a business, the finances would fall apart, the employees would leave you, and your customers would leave you. What do you have? So these are things that we need to do and they take time. You can't do this in 30 days or 60 days, but you need to take time to understand what are you buying. Step number four, after working for maybe a year or two or a couple of years, ask the owner if you could ever be a partner with them. Now, that's that's something you have to prove that you're worthy, that you've worked well, you've been with them a while, things are going well, and you might say, would you ever consider bringing on a partner? I'd like to be a partner in this business. Now, what that means is when you are a partner of a business, you own a portion of the business. A partner cannot be fired. They're really an owner. You know, it's important you understand that. I remember once I was working with a guy and things were going well. I was a partner in the business. And one day we were in disagreement about some things and he said, well, I'm just going to have to let you go. And I said, no, you don't let me go because I'm an owner. I'm a part owner in this. So I will sell out my position and I will move on. So it's very important to understand that a partner is one that can't be easily let go, especially if you have a legal document proving that you are now a part owner of that company. See, they'll have to buy you out. They can't just let you go. Being a partner is the first step towards owning the business right out. Now, I've known several individuals who became a partner in a business and then the owner decided to change the direction of the business. If you're an employee, you have nothing to say about that. But if you're a partner, a part owner 
of that business, then you can have input and decide whether you want to stay with that business or whether you want to sell out your portion of the business and move on to something else. All right, let's move on to step five now. When you make an offer to buy the business, ask the owner to carry the purchase price. All right. What that means is this. You do not pay cash for the business or even have a contract where you put a certain amount of cash down and you have a certain amount of money you're going to pay and keep paying the cash out of your own pocket. You agree on the purchase price of the business. You draw up a purchase contract with, with monthly payments or quarterly payments, or whatever it is, and have an attorney do that. I suggest you get an attorney to do that. But when you go to purchase a business like that and the owner carries back, then that that means that the business will be making the money to make your payments. Remember I said earlier you can buy a business without having any cash to purchase it? This is an example. I know a man who had a business. He was working for a guy that I should say he was working for a guy and he liked the business. He wanted to buy it. The owner wanted to step out of the business and so they agreed that he would pay a purchase price of so much money, no money down, and that the business would be making the money and he'd be making payments out of the business to the former owner as he bought the business from the guy. The owner was happy about that. He moved out of the business and he trusted the guy to run the business and he was getting monthly income payments from the business that he used to run and own and he had sold it for a certain price. Now the purchase who the person who used to be the employee and is now the new owner is running this business and the income that's coming in will go run the business and then a portion of that will go to pay the prior owner off what's owed to him and you're basically working in the business and the business is buying you your own business. Now, that may seem a little technical. I hope it's not. It's just simply this. You buy the business with no money down and let the business make payments to the prior owner. Maybe I should have said it that way at the beginning, but that's just how you do it in order to be able to purchase a business without having any of your own money invested into it. Now, if you are buying a business that you do not work for, I need to comment about that. There are certain steps that you need to take. One, be prepared to give 100% of your work time to this business. That's the same thing I said about buying a business that you were the employee for. What I'm telling you is, if you're going to invest in buying a business, you need to be 100% committed that that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do with my work time. If you're buying a business that you don't work for, you probably won't know as much about the business. So it's really important you do this thing. Verify every aspect of the business and do what we call your due diligence. Now, I mentioned earlier about due diligence. Due diligence is is a process of learning about something. If I want to buy a piece of property, I locate the property, I find out what it's how it's zoned, I find out it make sure that it has, doesn't have any flooding on top of it, make sure that I will know exactly where the property lines are. These are due diligence things. I make sure that there's no issues where the city's going to condemn that property or something, and I just do everything I can to check out to be sure that this is a viable thing that I'm going to purchase and that I make sure that everything is in its proper position and proper ownership so that it can transfer the business to me. So if you're going to buy a business that you've never worked for, you don't know, you, you're not going to be have the inside information like an employee would have had. You're buying a business from the outside and you've got to do a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of due diligence or study and preparation time to understand what you're buying, to understand the financing, to understand the attitude of the employees, to understand all the things that are so important to be a part of purchasing a business that you're interested in and one that you have really no particular insight information on. Okay, another thing you should do if you're buying a business that you do not work for, don't quit the job 
that you currently have. Now, if you're working for a company and you need to keep that income coming along, don't jump into another business and expect that to automatically produce the income and the money that you're going to need to take care of your family and your, your own personal life. I tell people, don't quit your day job when you're switching from one thing to another. Now, let me give an example of what I mean by that. When I was working for one company and my wife and I decided we wanted to start our own business and it was similar to the business that I was working for. We didn't want to buy that business. We wanted to start our own new business. I made sure that we had saved up two years of our personal expenses, put it away in a savings account so that if the new business did not produce income quickly, then I would have two years to live on to where our lifestyle at home would not change. We could still live in our same home, live the same life that we lived before, and it would be a process that I my, my expenses were covered as I was going into the new business. Now, some people say you only need six months. I like two years, but at least have six months to a year to two years of savings in the bank somehow before you make the transition to go into something new or you're not sure, you're not certain as to what the income might be. Now I realize I'm giving you an awful lot of information very quickly, but that's the beauty of a podcast. You can go back and listen to it again. You can slow it down. You can go backwards with it and take pieces out of it and get the information that you need. So feel free to go through this information and go through it several times if you're trying to sort through some of the points that I've made today. Now the last comment I want to make, if you're purchasing a business that you've never worked for, and you're an outsider when it comes to that, ask the owner to carry back the purchase price. Now, I went over that in detail in the first example of purchasing a business that you were working for, but if you want to buy a business from someone and you're not an employee, you're an outside person looking in, there's nothing wrong with asking that person to carry the entire purchase price back. Don't even offer anything down. Just simply say that you will make payments to him and he knows that the money will be coming from the business. It depends on how eager that person is to step aside and how comfortable they are with your ability and your knowledge to be able to run the business and make it profitable so that he knows he'll get his payments. I think I might need to make this point to you. If this is a little confusing at times, I would encourage you, remember what I said at the beginning of this, seek counsel from friends, get advice from other people, plan your way and ask the Lord to direct your path. I would suggest that you get an attorney to help you go through this process if you're going to buy a business, to draw it up correctly and properly. Tell them your intentions and what you want to do. Don't try and do this on your own and I believe that you'll be blessed by it. As I'm getting close to closing out this particular podcast, this might be a good time for me to mention that you should listen to podcast number 211, the one just before this one, where I talked about how an employee can become the owner and I used a different approach and explained some other things. And hopefully if you listen to 211, then as you listen to this podcast number 212, that they'll come together and be a blessing for you. So before I close this out, here's a couple of scriptures I think we need to look at in order to help us make the right decisions in purchasing a business. First one's found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. So it's crucial in every situation that we put God first and we seek him first. Let me close with this last scripture. It's found in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. The apostle Paul here is speaking to the Christians now who are Jewish, and they've now become followers of Jesus Christ. We call them Messianic Jews today, which are followers of Jesus Christ. So he gives this word of instruction to help them in the directions of the decisions that they need to make. And I think we can apply that to our decisions that we need to make when it comes to a business. I'm reading in Hebrews chapter 13, starting at verse number 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, 
the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. I saw that scripture and I thought that was so appropriate to read that right now when we're talking about needing guidance and directions from the Lord in order to have a successful business. So I hope that was a blessing to you and I hope you received something from this teaching today. So with that, I'm going to close in prayer and I have a couple of other things I want to share with you for upcoming podcasts. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for bringing your word into this throughout this whole thing, Father. I pray that all those who are listening in, Lord, would build a foundation of your word before they start building a foundation for a business. I pray, Lord, they would take that teaching in your word and apply it to the decisions they're going to make in either buying a business from someone else or becoming a partner with someone else who currently has a business. So with that, I pray you would bless them and keep them, Father. And I pray that they'll receive something very special from this teaching and from you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, I hope that you enjoyed these teachings. And if you'd like to know more about Quality Christian Living, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you get there, the first page that'll pop up, there'll be a link on there to all the podcasts that I've done with Charisma Media. And there's now 212 of these, including this one, that have been taught over a period of a little less than two years. And we've covered a number of topics. We've talked about prosperity. We've talked about getting out of debt, talked about generosity. We've talked to veterans and given them some counsel about how to deal with some of the challenges they face. I have a series in there on faith, on faith for miracles. Taught another series of messages dealing with the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the evidence of praying in tongues and all the wonderful things, all the aspects in God's Word. So we we continue to teach on a number of topics. We're going to continue now for a while in the area of business because I truly believe that there's an area here that the Lord wants me to teach to believers who are thinking about being a part of a business or maybe stepping out and doing their own thing and having their own company. So I pray that you'll do that. In addition to that on my webpage, you can also see a list of some of the books that I've written that deal with these various topics. So if you'd like to get that, I think it'll be a blessing to you. If you'd also like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do that by going to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. So like I said, we're going to continue teaching in the area of business. And my next podcast has to deal with how to defeat the weapons that are formed against our business. You know, the Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Well, let's see how that applies to the business area of our life. And I believe I'm going to have some things that will help you deal with challenges in business. If you know someone who's running a business and they're facing some challenges, you might want to let them know about this teaching coming up. If you are planning to start your own business, would like to buy into one or, or purchase a business from someone that you're currently working for, whatever that situation might be, I think you need to understand what challenges that we'll be facing because the, there will be challenges. There will be things that come at you and we need to be prepared for it. Not only understanding the business, but spirit prepared to understand exactly how the Lord will help us get through all those challenges. So I hope that'll be a blessing to you. So with that, I'm just going to close with these words. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you grace and give you peace. And may you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So until next time, I pray that you'll be blessed and I look forward to our next podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. This is David Friend of Quality Christian Living.